The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. All right, good morning, family. How are you guys doing? Everybody doing good today? Um, you know, I was, thinking, uh, I was thinking this week, you know, my... Kids are growing up. I shared with you last week. In the next month, we have a whole bunch of birthdays all in a row, two on the same day, coming up in two weeks, and all these birthdays. And I, I just think of when our kids were little uh, and how fast they change. But when they're little, they're asking a million questions. Anybody in the room have kids or had kids? All right. They want to know why everything does everything. They want to know why the sun comes up and why the stars come out. They want to know why cars drive. They want to. They want to know about everything. They're asking questions. Um, all the time. And what I noticed is that's something about our nature that never really stops. We keep asking questions. As we get older, we ask questions too. We just ask different kinds of questions. Um, but we're always asking questions. Whether we say them out loud or we're thinking inside of our mind and our heart, we're asking these questions. And, and there's some big ones that we have. And then as we go through life, we try to figure some stuff out. And as we go through life, there's some things that happen that sometimes we go, wait a second, that doesn't seem fair. Have you guys had this challenge, honesty in God's house? That doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. Why did that happen? Why, why are these things happening? Um, God, why are you even allowing these things to happen? And so as we get older, we start to think, and, and I believe this starts even at a young age where we go, why are these things happening? And, and, and I don't know, I don't understand, and I wish there was an answer, and nobody really has a very good answer. Um, in fact, there was a survey done, a national survey, and they asked people this one question. They said, if you could ask God, when you meet him face to face, if you can ask God any one question, what would that one question be? And the top question out of all the questions that people put together is, why do bad things happen? Number one question, why is there evil? Why is there suffering? Why God, why do bad things happen? Have you guys asked that question to God before? I know I have, because if you're honest, that's something that we all struggle with. We don't always say it. We don't always say it, but we feel in it, or we think it, or we wonder, and it, we don't really, it's unreconciled in our mind, and our heart. We're like, I don't know why bad things happen. I remember speaking of bad things. I remember on 9-11. Everybody knows where they were on 9-11, right? It's funny how we know exactly where we were. You talk to a prior generation, they'll tell you where they were when, um, you know, uh, John F. Kennedy was shot, when the president was shot. Other people, generation before that, they would tell you uh, when we got bombed in Pearl Harbor. People know exactly where they were on these certain days and time because there's these tragedies of evil that were like, what just happened? How could that be? And I remember we had our little daughter, uh, Kennedy Tate, who's leading worship now, and she's a month old, a month old. And we look on the TV screen, and we're watching these towers fall down. First one, you're thinking that had to be an accident. That had to be just a broken plane or a broken wing. Or Surely tell me it's that. And then you see the next one come down. And you're, you're holding your child, and you're like, how do you reconcile this and that? Have you guys ever thought this stuff? And what do we do? What category does that fit in? Why do these bad things happen? Why is there evil? Why is there suffering? And these are very valid questions that we all have. I know I've had those struggles. 
In my life, we have a special needs boy. I see other kids running all over and my little guy doesn't. I carry him everywhere. And I, I go, why sometimes? And sometimes it's frustrating. You have yours and I have mine. We all have ours, if we're honest. Why is this happening, God? And why do you allow this? And today, I am gonna attempt, and I say attempt, everybody say attempt. I am gonna attempt to answer this golden question, this number one question that have, people have for God. And I wanna do it from an overview of scripture, number one, and in Matthew 13, if you wanna turn your Bibles or your device there, we're gonna pick up where we left off in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus is teaching us and he's, he's hitting on this topic right here. And so I, I think this is a perfect launching pad for uh, looking at uh, this topic. And so uh, what's important about this is when I have a struggle in this area of why is there evil or why do bad things happen or why is there suffering, if I'm honest with you, and if you're honest with me, this can hinder your faith. The journey with Christ, your walk with Him, our walk with God, it can slow you down. It's almost like there's a boulder in the road, and that boulder, we don't know what to do with it. We don't even know why it's there. We didn't ask for it to be there, but it is there. And you know what it can do? It can slow your faith down. And you know it can, and you have friends and family that have had some kind of boulder in their life, and it's some people it slowed them down. And there's other people that have this unreconciled boulder. Why bad stuff? Something bad. You can name it. It could be a lot of different categories. Something bad or something evil or some kind of suffering or something happened. And this is in their life. And there's some people, because there's an unreconciled bad thing, they don't even go on the journey with God. How many of you know somebody that won't take a journey with God because something bad? Exactly. Way more than you think. I guarantee you know tons of people who... If, if you ask him, why won't you trust God with your life? Oh, yeah? Well, why do bad things happen? And they might say evil or suffering, and they go, why did this? And I remember talking to a guy on the golf course in Santa Barbara a few years back, and this guy's a doctor, and we're you know, going down the road and comes up, you know, what do you do, you know, what do you do you know, in life? You know, I said, well, I'm a pastor. He's like, oh, pastor. <laughs> Great. You know? And I'm like, oh, this is I love that reaction because I mean, there's something underneath that reaction. That's the top reaction. There's a bottom so I start saying, so where are you at with faith? Well, I don't have my faith. You know, I don't have any faith. I don't believe in, you know, God. Okay, that's great. What's your background? My family was Jewish, but I don't believe in God. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Well, have you ever considered, and I'm, I'm talking, and I could tell he's getting a little frustrated. I am being gracious, and I'm being kind, and, and, but he's getting frustrated, and I'm realizing there's something underneath and something underneath, and we haven't got there yet, but as we're out on the fairway, we're get, doing ministry, and on, anybody ever done ministry on the fairway? It's a nice place to do ministry, right? Uh, getting to the point and getting to the point and finally he goes oh yeah well if there's a god then why the holocaust and he got really mad he's out there on i don't know we're on the eighth fairway and he's mad he's ready to break his club if there's a god aha aha here it is he wouldn't even go on the journey because of pain or suffering or something bad happened it slows you down it slows me down it slows many others down it could have slowed Paul down and a lot of other people. I will tell you, if you learn how to deal with this, question mark. It is a question mark. The Bible says what we know in part, we will fully know. What we know in part right now, we will know fully. There's going to be a day where you're going to stand before God Almighty and say, Father, great to see you. I got some questions. <laughs> Fire away. Fire away. And he's going to reveal everything that you never understood or didn't know. Now you know in part, but then you will know fully. And that's the beauty. You will know fully. Every question you have, hold on to it. He may answer it in this lifetime, but you will get the answer. 
And, and I just, you got to trust that. How many of you know we walk by faith and not by sight? So, so we walk by faith, not by proofs. However, the Bible has a lot of proofs, and there are a lot of convincing proofs to our faith. Um, and today, I, again, I want to look at an overview of Scripture and what Jesus is saying about this kind of stuff, of why uh, bad things happen. This is the kind of message, if you have some friends that are stuck on this, I get it. Many people are. Don't fault them. It's very natural to be stuck on this issue. People that don't have faith, that won't go any further because bad stuff happened to them or in their life or... Uh, I know people that were walking with God. I have a friend of mine walking with God. Their marriage fell apart and then he walked away completely. And he was, this guy was so on fire and he was amazing. And, and, and what happened in his life, there's a boulder in the road and he doesn't know how it got there or why, but it did. And it caused him to turn around and walk away. And so this is a big deal, guys. When bad things happen, why do bad things happen? How you and I respond to these Things we can't really reconcile. We didn't ask for it. We don't want it. And yet there it is. And what do we do? And how does it affect our relationship with God? We could either fall backwards or we can fall forward when we have these unreconciled things. And all the heroes of faith in the Bible fell forward, not backwards when they ran into these unreconciled things. And I would encourage you guys uh, to do the same. So we're going to look at this again uh, from an overview in Scripture. Generally, what does the Bible say about this topic? And we're also going to look very distinctly at what Jesus shares in this second uh, parable that he's teaching in Matthew's gospel um, in Matthew 13. So if you have your Bibles, if you can open up to Matthew 13, and uh, we're picking up where we left off in verse 24, and we're going to look at this parable today in, in some detail. It starts in verse 24 and says this, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. Again, this is a parable. Uh, we're going to look more and more at parables. Jesus just started kicking off the parables last week in Matthew's gospel. We're halfway through the gospel, and now he's teaching in some parables. And the more you and I understand the parables, the more you will understand God's nature, our response to God's love, uh, the protection of being in his kingdom, uh, the promises and the provisions of being in his kingdom, the expectations of being in the kingdom, how God's economy works. You're going to discover all kinds of amazing things about God and his nature and our response through the parables. And so in this parable right here, we are learning about the heart of the Father. Say heart of the Father. Heart of the Father. We are going to learn something about the heart of the Father today and I want to tell you it's good. God is good and God is good all the time. Do you believe that this morning? I hope you do. The, pa the parable here says the farmer came and sowed good seed. Um, and I believe God is always sowing good seed. I believe it's his nature to sow good seed. Every perfect gift 
is from the Father of lights. He is good, and he's good all the time. And the Bible says that he's always sowing good things because he wants to see good things grow. He sows good seeds so beautiful things can grow. That's his nature. But remember, the people in the story say, wait a second. So you're good? Yes, I'm good. You're good, huh? Yes, I'm good. Okay. If you're good, if you're so good, why do we got all these weeds? Isn't that the challenge in the text? If you're so good, why do we have weeds? There's weeds everywhere. I thought you were good. I thought you made a good world. I thought you planted good things. We have weeds. Do you know who's saying this? The believers. You guys clocking that? The believers. Wait a minute. You'd say it's good. I don't see good. I see weeds choking out stuff. What's the deal? I thought you're good and you planted good stuff. And this is where the story goes. And we're going to pick this up because you've got to come to terms with the, the, the tension going on in the story. It starts right out of the gate. Second parable Jesus teaches. The first one is the condition of our heart. Will we let God put seed in our life or not? Will we let him grow things or will we be hard? Or will we let his seed to even take root in our life so we can even step into his kingdom in the first place? The very next parable is dealing with almost a challenge, if you will, Based on the condition of the father, if you are good and you're a good father, then why do we have weeds? Isn't that interesting? I would suggest that question has been being asked for thousands of years. Thousands of years on this planet, people are going, well, if God is good, then why? This is not new. This isn't just you and your life or your friends or your generation or mine. This is an age-old historic question in humanity. Why do we have weeds, God? Why is there weeds in my life? Why is there weeds? I thought you're good. Why the weeds? We're going to see right here. They say, I thought you were good, and you only plant good things. And yet we see weeds. See, God is getting blamed for the weeds. He's getting blamed for the weeds. And I think one of the first things Jesus wants to teach us on is, be careful what you blame the Father for. Are you guys seeing that? Just, just be careful what you blame the Father for. Because I believe in Jesus' time, he's teaching this parable because everyone's connecting and resonating with the story just as we should today. And they're blaming the Father for the weeds. He's getting blamed. So why did this bad thing happen? Why do bad things happen? It's a great question. Again, it's an age-old question. It's on the top of many people's list. And if you're a note-taker, I want to encourage you to write these things down. I can't promise you that I'm going to fully convince you and explain to you the details um, God's ways are not our ways. His ways are so much higher than ours than the heaven is above the earth. And yet he says, come let us reason together and there's reasonability in scripture. And I want to share some scriptural realities that are in God's word that will help give a, a little bit of a grasp for you to better understand and for you to share with the millions of other people in this city and in your family and friends to help them understand this reality of why do bad things happen? Because for them, it's the big boulder in the road. It's the boulder that some of them don't go down the road anymore. They won't go down the road because of a boulder that a question mark is their boulder. Evil things happen, it's a question mark. And if they don't get an answer, they just don't even go down the road. Or others, 
are trying to go down the road, walking around stuff, and they're slowing down in their walk with God because they have a real major issue with this unanswered thing. So if you're a note taker, here's, here's the first reason why bad things happen. Number one, bad things happen because evil exists. Evil exists. That's why bad things happen. That's your first answer for why do bad things happen. Evil exists. God says, the weeds? I didn't do those weeds. I did plant good seed. But evil came into the picture. And the weeds you're seeing were planted by evil. And yet God the Father, the good Father, is being blamed for the work of the devil. Are you guys seeing this in the passage? The good Father is being blamed for the work of the devil, even by people who believe in God and even follow God. And I think that's something that we could all do too. We could be followers of Jesus and going, yeah, God, why are you doing, is God doing this? Is God doing it? I don't know. But we've got to be slow to challenge that one. Next question would be this. Well, why does, even, why does evil exist? Okay, if bad things happen because evil exists, then why does evil exist? You know, God is so loving. And he, I believe God was so loving before he even created the world, before he even created this planet. I believe God has always been love. God is love. He's unchangeable. He's immutable. He doesn't change his nature. It's not like he wasn't loving then and he is love. I believe God always was loving. So when God even created, we know when God created humanity, the first thing he gave you and me and all humanity is free will. The first thing God gave us is free will. The first thing God gave us is the right to choose. I believe that's just simply in God's nature. I believe when God created the angelic realm, all the, the realm and the hosts of angels, I believe he gave them the right to choose. Why do I know that? Because if you look at Isaiah and you look at Ezekiel, you see the devil, whose name was Lucifer, who was a high-ranking angel, meaning light bearer. Lucifer means lumens. And you know, when you look at a light, it has lumens. How many lumens to the light? Lucifer is things can be translucent. has to do with light getting through things. His name was Lucifer. So he was in this place of uh, somewhere around God, supposed to be directing praise to him, but maybe going, hey, I'm pretty shiny up here too, and I rank a little bit too. Everybody, hey, look at me. The Bible says pride was found in him. Pride. Had a choice. Had a choice. And as a result, the devil and a third of the angels were cast down. That's the narrative of Scripture. When you look at Ezekiel, you look at Isaiah, you can find these passages. And when we read the book of Genesis, we actually see him already cast down. But there's a story that begins before Genesis, and that's what happened in the heavenly realms before the, this creation. And so um, the, the, we're looking at, uh, in this passage, why does evil exist? Because the devil sinned and he enticed the human race to do the exact same thing. Um, Remember, God, listen, God is not the creator of evil or suffering. Why do bad things happen, specifically evil or suffering? God is not the creator of evil or suffering. And people often ask, if that's true, well then, why didn't God create a world where there is no bad things and evil and suffering? If God is good, why didn't God create a world where there is no evil and is no suffering? And the answer is, he did. God did. God, listen, God did create 
a world, a universe where there was no pain or no suffering or no evil. You need to know that. He didn't create. There was nothing evil. In fact, you look at the Genesis account and God created and said, it is good. And the next thing he creates, and it is very good, and it is very good, and it's very good, very good, very good, very good, seven times. Everything he made is very good. And Adam or Eve are walking around in this utopian, glorious society. Probably no mosquito bites, nothing. You know, everything's like, it's awesome. This is like paradise. Southern California weather 24-7, you know, but no like droughts, nothing. It's like glorious. It's amazing. They're naming the animals. None of the animals are devouring. No one's eating each other. You know, it's like, it's great. Everything's going great. He made a beautiful world. And the devil came along and said, if my future's like this, I'm going to do everything I can to take as many with me. And this is how he started his journey. The devil started his journey that way. The devil came along to Adam and Eve back then the same way he does to us today and his aim is to wreck as many lives as possible. It says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That hasn't changed in the history of humanity. That is still his nature and what he's trying to do. He's trying to wreck any paradise that God is creating. Just know the devil is the wrecker of paradise as created by God. The devil is the wrecker of anything good that God creates. The enemy tries to come in and counterfeit and divide, to conquer, to thwart. Uh, and that's what he's been doing for years. And that's what he's, he's, he's gotten good at, especially specifically when we're not looking for it and praying and being prayerful and watchful and we don't see it come. So bad things happen because evil exists and because the devil is the source. Now here's the, here's the downside of this. When this happened, when the devil came in and began to entice Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve, because of their decisions, gave up on God's majestic glory of everything he created and said, well, what about this, and fell for sin, at that time, you can read the scripture and we don't have time to get into the Genesis detail of the story, but there's a lot of fallout that God says, now there's separation with God and now the consequences on earth change and now the ground is cursed and guess what? Because of the sin, God says, you invited it in. And because you invited it in, there's gonna be weeds coming up now. There was no weeds in Genesis. There was no weeds in Genesis. And because of the sin, now there's weeds. And he said, now the work is even going to be harder. You're going to toil. You're going to be getting calluses because, because you put weeds in the ground. And so we got to realize that, that our response sometimes to the devil's temptations creates more weeds than you can imagine. And when you turn on the news tonight and you look at uh, the 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock news, you're going to see a lot of stories on there. And a lot of those stories are because of the weeds, okay? They're going to be story because the devil scattered weeds and people believe those lies and follow through on those kind of things. That's most of the stories that you see on the news have to do with that. So this is what happened. The devil comes along, he's wrecking lives, and here's the deal. When our spiritual ancestors, when our spiritual ancestors, all of us, our spiritual ancestors go way, 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 way back to the creation. Adam and Eve being our great, 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 exponentially more great, great grandparents. Spiritually speaking, when they fell, when they fell, when they opted for sin instead of God, their spiritual DNA changed. It morphed. They had no sin in them, and then they have sin in them. There's weeds now growing because of something they invited in. They inv and, and you and I do the same thing. When we invite sin in our life, weeds grow. We, no one's exempt from that. Weeds will grow if we invite sin in, and that's what happened to them. And because of it, 
in our genetic history, spiritually speaking, we too have, uh, we have a, something in our genetic code now, genetic code of all humanity, which is as a result of the fall way back then. And we too have this in our spiritual DNA. Now we can argue, and many people do, well, I'm not as bad as them, and I'm actually a pretty good person. Those people might not be, but I'm better than them, or they're worse than me. It doesn't matter what level we think we are on who, how good or how bad. In our genetic DNA, spiritually speaking, the Bible says all have fallen and short, fell short of the glory of God. That's speaking about me. Is that speaking about you? Raise your hand if it is. Okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. That's everybody. No one's exempt from that. So in our genetic code... We've all fallen and fall short of the glory of God. And why that's important, it says in Romans, I don't know if we have this in the New Living Translation from Romans 5.12 up here on the screen, but it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Does that make sense? So that's the genetic code. It's been disrupted, spiritually speaking. Our genetic code glitched. There's... There's a fracture in the genetic code now. And it was allowing sin into the soil. It was allowing sin into the DNA. And that's the result of it. And so that's why sinners like me and sinners like you maybe, if you feel you're in that category, that's why we all need a savior. That's why everyone on the planet needs a savior. It's not rocket science that we're all sinners. And it shouldn't be rocket science that we all need a savior because the reality, that's our genetic code. Everyone on the face of the earth with a pulse, that's our genetic code. That's, That's what's going on. And so even though Jesus delivers us from the consequences of sin, once we come to terms with this, we look around and we realize bad things still happen. And this is where we start to struggle a little bit more because now we're walking with God and we're seeing bad things happen and we're like, wait a second, this is hard for me to find categories for some of this. So bad things happen because evil exists and the devil is the source. But number two this morning, if you're a note taker, why don't you write this one down? Bad things happen because people make bad choices. Bad things happen because people make bad choices. Again, when you turn on the news tonight, you're gonna see an awful lot of bad choices. And those bad choices have wide-reaching effects. And a lot of times, those weeds that we see on the news, weeds growing up and all the bad choices, again, we can do what they did in the story and blame the good farmer, God, who only planted good seed. Or we can understand, wait, the devil has started this process of weeds And he's encouraged other people to make bad choices as well. And they're all over the place. And you could look at history at some of the greatest atrocities that you've seen. And it's because of the devil and people's choices. It's not the seed God planted. And so that's really important. So bad things happen because people make bad choices. And I would say as long as people have choice, there always will be bad choices. First thing God gave humanity is the right to choose free will. He's not going to take it away. Adam and Eve had the right to choose. Everyone say right to choose. Adam and Eve had the right to choose. He didn't make them a machine. He didn't hardwire a, uh, a, you know, a process into him like when you write code or you write software. When you write code or software, it must do the next thing because you programmed it. It doesn't have an option. It doesn't make up its own mind. It does what you tell it to do. It's hardwired. It's written in the code. But God didn't do that to you and me. He made us agents of our own free will, that we have this beautiful choice of loving God, follow, not follow, sin, not sin, It's a wide open canvas. It's a broad horizon. We can choose any path that we want. And God says, I love you. Come this way. Choose life. And some do and some don't. But he's given everyone free will. And as long as there's free will, there's going to be choice. And as long as there's choice, 
I hate to break it to you, but there's always going to be evil in this world because people always make choices and they're not always God-honoring ones. And so to take away your free will is what, to get rid of evil in this world, the Bible says God's going to deal with devil, the devil ultimately, and we read that in the book of Revelation and we see how that wraps up ultimately, permanently, and forever. But in the meantime, to get rid of all evil, it would have to be that and have to take away choice of all humanity. And God's not doing that. He's not taking away uh, choice. And so that's really important. Um, God is the author and perfecter of your faith, but the devil is the author of everything evil. He will always try to stir people to make these kind of choices. Uh, and so the, the moral of this first part, we're going to look at the second part of the parable right now. I believe the glaring model in this first part, why do bad things happen? Well, it's because there's evil in the world and it's because people have choices. But I, I also think this is a profound reality. We need to stop blaming God because the believers in the story, we're going to find out that these are believers. These are followers of God. These are people in the kingdom who are asking the good farmer the story, this question here. This is what we're about to find out. Jesus gives a breakdown in total detail. We find out that they're the very ones going, what's with your weeds here? Is this your work? Thought you were good. Thought you planted good seed. I, calling it like I see it, God, I'm seeing weeds. And this is how they challenge the good farmer. And the good farmer's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't plant anything bad. And you look at the book of Genesis and you see what God planted. It was good, 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 good. So it moves on in verse, uh, let's jump down to verse 36 if we will, because I want to stay on this parable. He has another short section in between we'll cover next week. But I want to stay on this theme of this parable, uh, undivided, so that we can uh, really get the heart of what Jesus is saying here. It says in verse 36, it says, Then he left the crowd and went into the house. And his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. And as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom from everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And they will throw them in the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, then the righteousness, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus breaks this down with absolute clarity. The first time I shared this parable, I wanted to give you a biblical overview on what God made, give him credit for what he did and what he did good, and ultimately evil will be dealt with. And these are all scriptural uh, promises in, 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 in the Bible that we have to come to an understanding when we deal with evil and why are there weeds in our world and why are there these cinder blocks sometimes in our path that we have a big question mark of why God. It's okay to have the why God question. Someday he's going to answer everything for you. But in the meantime, let's be careful not to blame God. Let's know the earth is not in the same condition that he created it in. He created a great world. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Along comes the devil, and bang, the ground has changed forever, and weeds have grown as a result, and the genetic code has been disrupted as a result of the devil's work, and I think he needs to get the blame and not God. Does that make sense? That's one thing we have to do, guys. Let's direct blame where it belongs. 
it would be wrong to blame a good father for the work of the devil. Would you agree with that? That's what they did in the story. And you and I can do the same thing. I want to be honest with you. I can do the same thing. You can do the let's, let, let's Let's get that down today. Let's not blame the good father for uh, the work of the devil. So he says right here, the one that's the farmer in this story, Jesus is saying, you're going you're gonna to see more parables where he gives explanations to different parables in different ways, but they're always to highlight points, truths, and realities of God's kingdom. The good farmer is Jesus in this story. And he's planting seed. He says, the good seed are the people of the kingdom. The people who have stepped into his kingdom by believing the gospel and following Jesus, saying, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. Take mine away. I want to turn and follow you. We're going to see in scripture, these are the ones who enter the kingdom. The kingdom isn't heaven when you get there. It's a realm that was available throughout time. Ever since Jesus died on the cross and paid a price, it's a realm that anyone can step into at any moment in time. If you believe, the thief on the cross says, when you come into your kingdom, remember me, Jesus. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That guy closed his eye right then in that time. He, he entered into the kingdom. And the kingdom is one that goes through eternity when we're with God forever. And there's no end to that eternal reality. So the kingdom, you can step in at any time. And Jesus is saying the good people are the people of the kingdom. People that are beginning to believe and follow him. Uh, they've already entered. The field is the whole world. We're talking about the whole world. And there are uh, good things growing and there are weeds growing all over this planet. And, and it says that the enemy, the enemy is the evil one. The devil, he is saying, came along after he planted good seed and came and planted weeds. Didn't we just go over that in Genesis? That's what the devil did. Give the credit where the credit's due or the blame where the blame is due. The devil, the evil one, is the one who did that. And the weeds are the people that live under his influence. The people that live under his influence. The one thing I want to say about the people that live under his influence, some do it knowingly and some do it unknowingly. A lot of people are under the devil's influence and they wouldn't say that they're under the devil's influence. They might think to just be ignorant to that. But the reality is they are. We're under God's influence or we're under the devil's influence. We've got to choose which way we're going to go. There's two paths and we've got to say, God, I want to come under your influence. And, and if not, we're, even if we think we're living independently and selfishly apart from God, the devil's like, I'll work with that. The devil's like, I'll work with that. And so we're still under this influence and, and there's weeds going on all over the place, things that are contrary to God's love and his ways and his forgiveness and his mercy and, and the gospel and scripture. There's people living all kinds of lives that are, they don't think they're doing it under the devil's influence, but scripture would say they're still creating weeds in life and, they're, and they're, uh, Jesus puts them in that, in that category and they say, um, well, why don't we just yank the weeds out? And Jesus said, no, you don't understand how this works. If you try doing that, you're, gonna, you're not even going to make the right decision. Me and you would not make the right decision. If we were to go out today, if God even gave us the authority, if God said, I'm coming back next week, I'm going to leave it up to you, find out who's the weeds, put them in a category, we would mess it all up. See, this is beyond our pay grade, isn't it? Who's in what category? Is it beyond your pay grade? It's beyond my pay grade. God never gave us that autonomy. You figure out and you name and identify, that's not the job of the church. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts of sin and righteousness and, and these things. It's not our job to go these. We got to know what we know and we share the love, we share truth, but we don't make all the decision of who's in what, in what camp. And that's why he's telling them, guys, you're not going to do that job. Citizens of the kingdom, no, you don't do that job. There's a time for that job and that time is not now. So you don't worry about that. Don't even take on that responsibility, that role. My angels are going to do that. They're going to do that in the fullness of time. 
and, uh, and the reason they wanted to do this, why did they want to pull up everything? This is important, guys. Why did the believers in the story want to pull up everything? Because they wanted a world where there's no weeds in it. And I think you want a world with no weeds, and so do I, don't we? I want a world with no weeds. I want to turn on the news and see praise reports. <laughs> I want to turn on the news and say, people are over here praying for people and they're getting healed and people are feeding the hungry. People are, that's what, how many would love that kind of news at night? But you're not going to get that news because there's too many weeds in the world and they cover the weeds instead of the fruit is what they typically cover. But we want a world where there's no weeds in it. And so did they 2,000 years ago. Let us just yank the weeds so we can have a world with fruit, Jesus. Mm -mm, it doesn't work that way. We're not pulling the weeds. It's not even our job. The angels are going to do it uh, later. And uh, even if you did try to pull them, you'd pull the good with the bad. And he said, it's not going to be done that way. He said, there's a great harvest coming. And my angels will do the harvesting. And everything bad will be pulled up. Why do bad things happen? Jesus says, I am going to deal fully with bad. I am going to deal fully with everything bad. In the fullness of time, I'm going to deal fully with everything bad. So when you have a question about why bad things happen, remember, you got to remember that. Um, you got to remember, in fact, it's our third point this morning. You got to remember regarding this big question mark of bad things, evil and stuff, you got to know this one. Uh, point number three is all bad things will be put to an end. All bad things will be put to an end. Everything that you see, everything that you turn on the news, everything that you've ever experienced or know a close, dear loved one or somebody that has experienced, in this world which currently has weeds in it, all, everything bad will be put to an end. Jesus promises that. And so there is a day coming. And that helps me go down a road when there's boulders in the road, when I have question marks with my boulders, it helps me go down that road knowing that everything's gonna be put to an end. But to be honest with you, if everything's not gonna be put to, to an end, a lot of people go, what's the point? Why continue? But if you know and you believe the promises of God, then you say, yes, I'm going to have these obstacles, but it doesn't end like this. And I know it doesn't end like this because God promised it doesn't end like this. All bad things will be put to an end. Uh, verse 43 says, but the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. What's epic about this? And this is the fourth point this morning, guys. If you want to write it down, pop it in your phone or whatever. In our future, number four, in our future, there will be no pain and no suffering. And that is a promise. That is a promise of God. The future things that you worry about or, you know, that we go, this is a tough life, God, and what about these ups and downs and these problems and these curveballs or these obstacles and these things that seem to come from left field, spiritual attack, whatever it might be. He's like, don't worry, there's a day when it's all going to go away. Revelation 21.4 says, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Can I get a Hallelujah. Come on, did you hear what that says? He will wipe away every tear from our eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. I don't know about you, that's good news to me. That's your future. That is your future. Your present is not your future. Your present is your present. This is your future. So all bad things will be put to an end and our future, in our future, there'll be no pain or no suffering. And that is a promise of God. And that helps me, hopefully it helps you, navigate down this journey of faith with God because of this kind of future. We have a different kind of future. And really briefly, I just want to share this one quick thing. If you continue down uh, to verse 47, 
Jesus just follows up on the same theme, the same thought, in the same conversation with the same crowd, and I would like to do the same because he talks about how things wrap up in the future, and I think it's important the way you and I live our life now, when we know what the future looks like, I think it helps us walk a little bit more with greater conviction, uh, even though there's trials and pain and suffering in life. He moves on in verse uh, Matthew 13, verse 47. He continues, again, same audience, same He's continuing this narrative. He says, once again, in other words, let me remind you what I just said and carry it forward to this theme. Let me break it down to you in another illustration how it's going to be so you can navigate life. Once again, verse 47, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore and they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. And this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. So in this illustration, instead of talking about good plants growing and weeds growing, he's like, let me break it down differently. They're probably by the Sea of Galilee when he's sharing this story. And many know if you've ever fished, and I bet everybody in that community has done some kind of fishing. Sometimes you get good fish, sometimes you get bad fish. But, you know, rather than try to deal with it out on the boat, just take all the fish ashore. And that's what they do. And then start start sorting them out later. He's like, it's the same thing in life. We're all these fish swimming in a big lake, in a big pond, in a big ocean. Some are good and some are bad. And we're not going to be able to reconcile this right now. God's like, I see it. I got it. I understand. I'm going to reconcile everything at the end, but one thing he does say here for sure, and I need to say this because doctrinally, there are uh, an alarming number of people in the church that call themselves Christians that miss out on some key doctrines of scripture, Um, and two of them are just this, specifically this, is hell is for real. Guys, hell is for real. It's been said God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves to hell. It's reject, 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 reject the free gift, reject the free grace, reject the free uh, forgiveness. God's long arm is there the whole time and some are like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And he still got it out saying, I love you. I paid a price for you. You'd never pay for yourself. Please, let me take your sin away. Don't. We all have sin, everyone with a pulse, but we don't have to die in our sin. He's like, I'll take it from you. I would be honored to take it. And some are like, no, thank you. No, thank you. And the Bible says that hell is for real. And I need to say that because there's an alarming number of Christians, according to surveys, that the idea, the principle, and the reality of heaven, cool, hell, nah, that's just a figure of speech. And Jesus talks an awful lot about it. So the reality is um, hell is for real and heaven is for real. And those are future realities. And we don't get to really uh, change the narrative on that. Your opinion or my opinion doesn't change God's narrative on the way he recreated spiritual things in eternity. We don't get to shuffle the deck. No, I don't like that one, God. I'm pulling that out of the deck like it's a deck of cards. We don't like the jokers or the this. We don't start pulling stuff out of God's orchestration. And so that's important to say. But in the meantime, guys, when we know that there's going to be a future separation, bad things still happen. And in, in John 16, 33, Jesus says, listen, guys, to his disciples, you, you will have suffering in the world. I know you don't like it, but you will have suffering. And so the fifth point is this, if you want to take this final point down. This, this might help you. It helps me. It helps me. I think it helped Paul when you read his writings. When you read 
uh, John the Apostle, you read their writing, and I think they really understood this principle really well. Uh, going through all kinds of suffering, they really held on to this principle. It's stitched through everything that uh, is written in the, in the New Testament, is to remember that life is really short and eternity is really long. Um, and when you remember that, uh, it gives us a, a little better understanding. It helps us see a little bit more clearly. Um, there, there are so many people that they look at this life as this life is everything. And guess what? If this life is everything and there's weeds everywhere, you're right. What's the point? What's the purpose? There's weeds everywhere. There's evil. This is just the reality. I don't like this. However, if you understand the truth that this life is really short and eternity is really long, as in it doesn't end, when you understand that, then things begin to pale in comparison. We begin to navigate pain and suffering a little differently when we understand eternity goes forever and life is really, really short. I think it should help you. In fact, it says um, in Romans 8.18, Paul writes this. He says, I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the future glory. And this is a guy who's like locked up in jails and you know what I mean? He's been shipwrecked, left for dead, beaten and everything. He's like, guys, I, I know pain. I know pain. I love God and I know pain. Paul's like, I know pain more than any of you guys know pain. I know pain. And let me tell you something. The current suffering, yes, there is suffering. And he's not enjoying it. He's not like doing, you know, patty cake, you know, hallelujah, running around. But, but in this suffering, he's like, can I tell you what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the future glory. And when I look at the future glory, I can have peace in my circumstance because I know the future glory. And that's how a guy like this can be singing in a prison, singing praises in a prison. Are you happy about your circumstance, Paul? Did they just feed you some killer meal? Are you loving the air conditioning, the climate control, and the nice, comfortable bed? Nope, 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 nope. That's not why I'm singing. There's a glory to be revealed. God's doing something on the inside that goes past the current suffering and the current surroundings. So when we have this view of the reality of our future and the reality of God, what God wants to do in us in the present, I think it helps us navigate suffering. On a Thursday at Foundations, Tom had shared that sometimes when we're, doing, when we're in a place of suffering... We wonder, and we ask this question, is this something God is doing to me? But in reality, maybe it's something that God is doing through you. How many of you know that suffering brings out change? You, you can't, no one wants suffering. No one would sign up for it. But beautiful babies are born through suffering. They're suffering, and you have a beautiful child. Is it worth the suffering? Yes, unequivocally, yes. I mean, you've got to ask the moms that question, but they would tell you, unequivocally, yeah, I can just cheer on. Go, girl, go. Um, but, but, but it's worth the suffering. It's worth the suffering. So beauty comes out of suffering. There's lessons that only come out of suffering. There's change that comes out of suffering, even though we don't want suffering. Why does suffering happen? Why does suffering happen? The last couple of points, and this would be great if the worship team comes up, is that remember that God can do great things out of suffering. How many of you know that Jesus paid for the sins of the world out of suffering? You have an eternity because of suffering. Does anything good come out of suffering? Uh, yeah, beautiful babies come out of suffering. Your eternity, your salvation, through what Jesus paid for you that we could, came out of suffering. Um, and, and to be honest with you, if I hadn't gone through some suffering in my life, I don't think I'd be up here today. 
If I didn't go through some suffering in my life, I probably wouldn't be compelled to speak about God's kingdom and his life. See, some people come to Jesus out of inspiration. Some people come out of desperation. It doesn't matter how you come as long as you come. But the bottom line is sometimes suffering is something that you go, I got to go to the author of life. I got to go to the one who gives life because I'm not finding it down here among the weeds. Has anybody ever realized that? I'm not finding it among the weeds. I'm not finding it among psychology or philosophy. I got to go to the author and perfecter. I got to go to the Prince Peace because he's the one who's got it. And sometimes the suffering brings us uh, to these conclusions. And sometimes, some things in life we can only be taught through suffering. Can't be taught any other way but through the suffering. Um, But I just want to close in prayer right now, guys, and ask God to seal some of these uh, things in our heart this morning um, that through the pain in this world, God can still do profound things in your life. Through the pain, through the pain, depending on how you look at this big question mark in front of you of suffering, of evil in the world, depending on how you look at the pain that you endure as a result, will ultimately determine whether you get bitter and fall backwards or whether you get better and move forward. Because some people don't go past this question mark. They stop, they pull over. And there's some Christians that stopped living for the Lord 20 years ago because of a big question mark. And I get it, we have them. Let's not blame people for their questions. Let's not blame people for their pain. These are realities of life. But what do we do with them? And the Bible says to give a reason for what you believe. And in Scripture, there are some scriptural realities for why there is pain and why there is evil in the world. And God shouldn't be blamed for it. And I pray that if this is something that you need a friend that hear this message, you know, forward them the YouTube link or the, or the uh, iTunes link for this so that some people can kind of navigate and not blame God anymore. Or maybe you're better equipped to sit down and have a coffee with a friend and say, you know what, let me walk you through this just a little bit. And ultimately, it's a heart condition. But there's reasonability to this as well. So let's ask God to seal some of these things in our heart this morning. Almighty God, we love you. We thank you for your word and for the power of it. And ultimately, God, you are a good father. And every good and perfect gift comes from you, the father of lights. We believe that. And yet we see weeds. We have some weeds in our own lives, God. And we don't like them. And we don't like struggling with them. And we still ask why, God. But I pray today that our why would have a little bit more clarity to it. And and our why would have a little bit more trust to it that when we see you face to face, Lord, what we know in part, we will know fully. You will give us an answer to everything you promise you will. I just thank you for that, God, that you're going to bring full disclosure in the future and that we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. We're going to continue to walk with you even though we don't have the answers, Lord. But I pray we wouldn't blame you anymore for your, your, we wouldn't blame your goodness on what the devil has done and the scattering of his of his weeds and we would be mindful and watchful and on alert for what his schemes are. New Testament talks about it again and again and again because believers weren't looking around and they weren't mindful, God. So I pray, God, that we would walk with you, we'd walk in freedom, we'd walk in victory, we would give life to others and we just thank you for that, Lord. And I also just pray if there's any in this room today that haven't put their trust in you that in the privacy of your own heart would just say right now, Jesus, I wanna trust you. Heaven's real, hell's real. But besides all that, I just want life in you. I got questions. I don't have all the answers yet. But God, I want to trust you in the process. Lord, begin that process. I pray you'd begin to call more and more people uh, in in this city that you placed us in into relationship with you, beginning with trust in your provision on the cross to turn and follow and believe quite simply and start our journey as citizens of the kingdom. We love you, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. amen, amen. 
This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.